Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and or girls. I am Greg Romero Wilson. This is Fantasy Football Hush Reality. You know, this, uh, I can't say reality was the, the, the fantasy football made a lot of my reality very good this week. Uh, once again, old man Wilson came down with a 6-1 and one Sunday. Seven leagues, six wins. The one loss... You know, every week I hand out my fuck yous. I want to hand out a fuck you right now, right off the top to Joe Mixon. Fuck you, dude. I was saying three and three, you know, you were on my third strikes in your out list already. And I, what are you, you, you know, you're supposed to have this revamped offensive line. And you're, you're one of the few featured backs in the NFL. Everyone else has got running backs taking up their Vulturing their TDs, taking up their snaps, grabbing their, their receptions. Not you. You own the position on a team that was fantastic last year, and you guys just can't seem to get it together. So fuck you. You're dragging. You're the reason I'm uh, I, I'm one and two in that league. And I keep trying to manufacture points. And you can't do it. You can't do it. You either got to make a trade or those guys got to start playing better. One or the other. You kind of got to stick, you know, the team you drafted, the team you go with. It's the only one. I And I've never trusted Joe Mixon. But this year, uh, coming off that Super Bowl run season and having the hunger to go back and win it, having the talent to do it, and then having, a again, the, the quote-unquote revamped offensive line, which they talked about so much, and then, you know what? Although, I think it is a testament to both what we're seeing in Allen Robinson in Los Angeles and what we're seeing with it. Some things take chemistry, and chemistry takes time. Allen Robinson is not getting the looks to achieve the chemistry. I don't know. I don't know if it's coming, actually. I'm beginning to lose a little bit of faith, but it's such a long season. I can't help but think that by the end of this season, Allen Robinson will have a very critical and substantial role on the Rams. I, I Although I am inclined to kind of try and maybe replace them this week. We'll see, because there's a couple guys that are emerging. Isaiah McKenzie on the Bills. This Hollins, uh, Mac Hollins out in Las Vegas, which I know once... Uh, uh, white boy, what's his name, comes back. You, he might, Hollins might not be as involved, but I'll tell you what, that kid has never gotten as many targets and receptions. This Matt Hollins may have found a place for himself there in Las Vegas. But let's also talk about my beautiful Dallas Cowboys, which, Zeke, I had had you on the three strikes in your out list, and it sounds like you heard me because you went from five points to 14 points. Kudos. But the difference, the difference is obviously Cooper Rush being there. And so finally, Kellen Moore is calling the game the way he should be calling it with Dak. And this is why they're winning now, and they will start losing once Dak comes back. Because Kellen Moore, when he has Rush in there, Cooper Rush, runs the ball, runs the ball, a lot more run yards, a lot more swing passes, jet sweeps, Cavante Turpin taking it around the back end. It's a far more run-centric game. 
He gets Dak back, and you got to remember, Kellen Moore is a former quarterback from Fresno State, a pass-happy organization because they have to be. They're a smaller school. They don't have a lot of the big defensive players. So they're so he loves that, and I'm telling you, that's what was wrong with the play calling out the gate, and that's also what's gotten better now, and hopefully it's all about Kellen Moore. If Dak comes back and Kellen Moore continues to call the offense the way he has with Cooper Rush, the Cowboys have a very substantial chance of doing great things in the playoffs. But if he goes back to that pass, I mean, we're a pass-first team, guys. First, second, third down, we're throwing it. We're not going anywhere. But I will enjoy this week, especially since I have some very close friends who are Giants fans uh, out of that currently live in Vietnam and woke up at seven in the morning to watch the game. And we were on the face on Facebook chat, just going at each other. And I mean, it was so delicious. I should reach out to Vincent O'Shauna, another guy who loves to talk shit about the Cowboys as a Giants fan and a good friend of mine. One of my oldest friends, Kimberly Hewitt took her son in New York. She lives in New York and she took him to the game, and she said that Giants fans were just so rude, and she isn't a showboat like me. I get the audience going. I get them to hate me when I'm in those situations. She's not that, and for them to be like, boo, daddy, you know, and try to get in her face about it like she did anything wrong, come on, as a society, as football fans, show a little class. They're there in your stadium to root for their team. You know, okay, you know, be cool, man. Jesus. It's just football. And I say that in a, who lives in LA with Dodgers fans who need just, it's just baseball. Um, so let's talk about, let's hand out some I told you so's. I told you, Joe Burrow versus the Jets, get right game. Sure enough, 26 points. This is a lot closer to what we've been expecting. But again, against the Jets, I would, I would have expected 30 plus. Honestly, because to me, that 26 is on a curve. You were playing the Jets. You know, you got to play a real team next week, Miami. And I'm telling you right now, go pick up that Miami defense because this the, the Bengals can't seem to stop anybody So from sacking Joe Burrow. So get that Miami defense, which slowed down the Buffalo Bills this last week. Apparently, they're great. So they're probably available in your league. Pick them up. Play the Miami defense this coming week. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I was, I, I thought, I thought this would be the breakout game. So that part I was wrong about what I was right about is what I said in my draft special, which I don't know why McCaffrey's going second and Saquon's going at the end of the second round. This made no sense to me. I knew Saquon and it's one of the reasons I'm winning in so many leagues is because I just picked up stocks of say these probably the most, the player I have the most stocks of him and Cordero Patterson. And Rashad Penny, but okay, two out of three, I hit them. Those were the values that are really making all my teams sing. Kyle Pitts, I told you, he had a great matchup against Seattle. He'd done three points, came up with 11.2. I believe this is the start of that trend. Mariota just kind of had to get to know what he really has in this weapon. And I think those points go up and up and up. And we saw that last season. I don't think there's any difference. DK Metcalf, I told you so. I knew he was going to try and get him the ball, and I knew that this was going to be the game to do it. Atlanta, great matchup. 
17.4 points. Again, he's going to continue to try to get the ball to DK Metcalf. Whether he can is another question. But in matchups like that, in plus matchups against teams equally as bad, DK is going to eat. Debo, unfortunately, Debo, um, you know, I knew that it was going to be tough against that, but I thought he'd have breakouts, so I was wrong about that. But Derrick Henry, I told you. I told you so. I told you. Oh, man, I knew this was it versus Las Vegas. They've given up the eighth most, and sure enough, it translated to 22.8, and it should have been more. Hey, let me add out a fuck you, okay, to Mr. Ryan Tannehill. Fuck, you don't need to be sneaking the ball at the one in the second quarter when you have Derrick Henry right there in what should have absolutely been his second touchdown of the day. He should have been closer to 30 points. Fuck you, Ryan Tannehill. Brees Hall, I told you, I said he's starting to take over. He's starting to take more from Michael Carter. And poor Michael Carter, they got him on that pregame show. And, and they were like, so what do you say to people who are starting a fantasy teams? And they're worried. That and he's like, I don't know uh, about fantasy. I play real football. But Okay, the second they say that, you know, that means that they're getting they they're not gonna have a great day. He knows about fantasy football. They all know about fantasy football. They know exactly where they stand. And he knew he knows he knows his fate. He plays and that's why when you, they have to rely on regular football, that means I'm just about the team. So long as we get the win, whatever my role is, happy to participate. Mulgent. He knows he hears Brees Hall's footsteps pounding away right behind him, and he began to take over. 12.2 points. Nice. Six receptions. Um, so I like that a lot. Uh, I said three strikes are out, Chicago. Guess what? You're out! Oh, my God. Fucking Chicago. Your one viable fantasy player was the one guy nobody started. Your backup running back, Khalil Herbert. Which... Again, they're in that Tony Pollard-Zeke situation where it's clear the backup is better. The second-string guy's more explosive than the first-string guy, but for some reason, the coaches are just sticking with the first-string guy. Dallas starting to work the other way, and now, now I think if Khalil Herbert has a great game this week, which I think he will, I, I just don't know that David Montgomery, even when he's better, takes the job back. I think this might be... Khalil Herbert's job. Go out, get him on the waiver wire, pay that fob money, because I don't know that, especially if they keep winning, if they win games, which, by the way, fuck you with these dirty-ass wins. Jesus Christ. You don't deserve to be there. You and the Broncos. Um, Rashad Penny, buddy, I, you know, although you do have a tasty matchup coming up with Detroit, but I'm out. I'm out. You're in a committee, but... I might play this week in a great match because you were still the lead back. And in fact, this week I thought you were demonstrably, demonstratively more the lead back against Kenny Walker than you had been the week before. So I feel like they've tried out Kenny Walker. They see what he could do. Passing down guy. I think Rashad Penny holds on to first and second down is really healthy. And I think against Detroit, he's going to rip one deep. And I think you want to be there for it. Um, Cam Akers. Unfortunately, you're a co-star. You put up decent numbers, 10 points. Not bad. Not bad, but that's flex. That's flex. Nobody drafted you flex. Zeke, 
turning around, 14 points. Thielen, okay, all right. I was saying, was it something they finally were starting to come alive with Thielen? Or was that just demonstrate demonstrative of the fact that he wasn't going to be receiving a lot of targets? He's back, looked great, 15 points in this one. I think Thielen's trending back in the right direction. I like him going forward. Uh, I'll tell you what I got wrong. I thought versus, you know, I thought versus um, New England, Lamar would slow down. Now, I'm playing Lamar in a league that I really want to win in this week. And thankfully, he's against Buffalo. I think if you have to play against Lamar... This is the week to do it. I thought New England would do it, but I think what we're seeing now is New England is a straight dumpster fire. Okay, Mac Jones is now injured. The running situation is a full committee, although that's been going pretty good. Their defense isn't playing great. I, I just, the and I think it's about the coaching. Again, the lack of creativity and vision on the offensive side right now, I think is evident. I, I'm worried about New England for this season and going forward. I think we might be seeing that that maybe it was Brady more than it was Belichick. Because Belichick's thing's supposed to be the defense. They should have shut Lamar down. That's the one thing they do. They take out your best player. There's only one. There's only one. And they couldn't slow him down. Carson Wentz, I said temper your expectations going up against Philly. Ooh, did he eat a dick? Wound up with 10 points. I knew I knew he was going to eat it. I knew it. And he's going up against Dallas next week. So if you're counting on him to save your bacon, mm, 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 that is no better matchup than it was against Philly. Uh, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean... Tom managed to pull 15 points out of his ass because he's still the greatest of all time. And Rodgers, 19 points, even though it was up against that incredible Tampa Bay defense. Um, so, you know, you temper your expectations. Yeah, because they were both under 20 points. It was not what you want from those particular dudes. But it was what it was, so I was right about that. Uh, I said temper your expectations about Herbert. Because of the injury, I said, he's not, and he's sure enough, 15 points, a loss, didn't look good, got beat up by the, and I, again, thought, but when your offense is sputtering, your defense stays out there for too long, Jaguars really took advantage, and they're calling really good-looking plays. They're doing good things with very average pieces. Zay Jones, for example. Christian Kirk, for example. Marvin Jones. Who I thought might be a sleeper, I was wrong. Well, actually, I mean, it wasn't totally wrong. Okay, anyways. Uh, let me see. Back on track, I thought JT would really break out against Kansas City. 10.6, eh, not so much. Now, one I nailed, Russ Wilson. I said he's just going to continue to suck, and sure enough, nine points. Russ can't cook, but God... Fuck you, Denver, pulling out these ugly-ass victories at the last second. I hate you. And I'm wondering, does that mean they will finally click at some point and start to really produce? Or is this who they are and they're just going to sputter as they go along? Week four, I think, will be very telling. Kirk Cousins, I said he'd get back on track. Everyone knew he'd get back on track. 20 points, which that's a Cousins back on track. Now, I did say I had my fit to go off section. I thought Jared Goff was going to have a really brilliant day. 15 points. Eh, Goff is Goff. Uh, Damian Pierce nailed it. Pew, 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 pew. 17 points. Looks 
fantastic. I love it. That's another late round guy that I got in a lot of leagues that's now beginning to pay off. Devontae Adams, 11.7, which isn't a waste of day, but that's 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 Brandon Cook's shit. That's Brandon Cook's Deontay Johnson with Trubitsky shit. Um, Garoppolo, emotionally, I thought there was the impetus for him to go out there Monday night, or was it Sunday night? Sunday night, and show everybody, the, you know, that it's coming. Mm, nah. He is, unfortunately, he's still very Jimmy G. It was a very Jimmy G performance. Granted, great defense in Denver. Maybe he's better, but I mean, you would expect him, uh, you know, at a certain point, stars gotta be are going to be stars. I mean, think about it. Tom Brady had five more points than that with no receivers. He had everything he needed to succeed and churned up 10 points, including Debo Samuel, which did not do well. Jags defense, though, I said Jags defense was going to go off, and they did 17 points because I knew Herbert was not, Actually, what I said was if Herbert doesn't play, Herbert did play, which may have been worse because, again, in his weakened state with the cartilage thing, it was just not good. 17 points for the Jags defense. And another one I got right, Waddle. I told you, baby. I told you so. Oh, my God. Versus Buffalo, losing Micah Hyde. They lose the power at both sides. Move over to Tyreek. Waddle breaks free just as I drew it up. 16 points in the bank. Waddle, another guy that I got in later rounds or as a keeper that I was like, listen, Tyreek's going to be great, but Waddle's going to benefit tremendously, and he was already great. Sleepers, Paris Campbell, Dontrell Hillian, Darnell Mooney, Nelson Aguilar. Okay, I missed on those. However, Marvin Jones, 11.3. For a guy that you probably got very cheap in Daily Fantasy. And Dortch in Arizona, 12.5. Another guy, although he got a little more expensive. He, the secret's kind of out on Dortch. He's not really the sleeper uh, I thought he might be. Now, the Raiders are 0-3 with their brand new coach, Josh McDaniel, who was the offensive coordinator from New England. And I think what we're beginning to see is strangely that the Belichick tree, the branches, they don't they don't transplant well. They don't do well. I think they've got one that really does well, and it's the coach for Tennessee, whose name's escaping me just one second. But the rest of them, Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, like and Josh McDaniel, the last time he went out, like all these guys. Um, who is that guy? That was their offensive coordinator that went to Houston. That was terrible. I mean, it's just one after the other. They fall off the Belichick tree and die. However, the Jay Gruden tree, which is, to me, it's really the John Gruden tree. But Jay, you know, Sean McVay, Kyle Shannon, Mike McDaniel, all these guys are from the Gruden tree. I think the Gruden tree has proven to be far more productive. Uh, LeFleur, all these guys, all these young dudes who are great. And also, can I tell you this? And this is just an idea, a thing that I've been thinking, and I really believe this. Okay, hear me out. Just follow the thought. I, so, I believe that a lot of the mass shootings we see with, with teenagers in schools, a lot of it is fueled, you know, is visualized and, and, and fantasized, you know, uh, cultivated by first 
perspective shooter video games. I mean, think about it. We didn't have that happen before those games. Then those games come. Actually, they blamed it on the Matrix, but I think it was the games. Well, the Matrix video game where they get to do, and it's sort of the fantasy. Then they want to live it. They get it feeds it. Okay, I think we see so many great young coaches because of Madden. I think being able to grow up playing it from the game perspective, calling plays, seeing the coverages with the names, I think, and the same is happening in comedy. All these kids watching hours and hours and hours and hours of comedy on YouTube, they figured it out. They're coming up, they know how to write jokes, they, they don't really understand why it works, but they know how it works. And so we're just seeing people that have been able to consume so much of it that they understand it a lot better, a lot sooner. And I think that's the reason, I think Madden is directly responsible for the reason that we have all these tremendous genius young head coaches in the league right now. Oh boy, maybe that was a dumb offbeat tangent, but uh, hopefully you found it interesting. Uh, Vrabel, Vrabel, Titans coach. He's the one, de and even him, again, his offense isn't that great. He doesn't mostly with defense in the fact that he has Derrick Henry. The Lions and the Broncos are a tale of two cities. They really, really are. Denver and Detroit, because, and they both have the big D thing going on too, but there's only one big D. Um, they have the same, they, like, they, Detroit managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Whereas Denver seems to somehow snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. I don't know how they do it. I, I, and I'm, I just don't know if it's sustainable. I'm wondering if they're using up all their wishes early in the season. I don't know how many of these close ones they're going to get to have. But the Broncos got a lot of ugly wins going on. The Eagles are on fire. Listen, Dallas is, is doing capably well. But the Eagles are straight on fire. Now, Jacksonville is too. Jacksonville is also trending absolutely in the right direction. Their defense is trending in the right direction. I, I just, they meet up this week in week four. This is going to be very interesting in terms of both defenses if either one can slow these guys down. Jimmy G is still Jimmy G. Jaguars, I'm telling you, I've been saying it. I think this 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 combo, we got a couple of these things going now. So it started with Brady and Belichick. Then it became Mahomes and Andy Reid. Now we have two new ones going right now. We have Tua and McDaniel, and you have Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. So those guys, those are the same relationships. You know, we're going to see Mahomes and Reed for 10 years, assuming Reed survives. I mean, look at this guy. And then we're also, I mean, I think these two relationships are going to build. They're going to build around these two relationships that are going to propel these teams for the next 10 years. I love it. I love to see it. And I love these quarterbacks. I'm glad they have the kind of coaching that is going to help them excel in the NFL. Not just succeed, excel. Um, okay, so your waiver wire pickups, by the way, pick up Tom Brady, a bunch of people drop Tom Brady, go grab Tom Brady to have as your QB too, because these receivers are coming back. He is going to get back to being Brady. That's clear. Herbert, um, Williams, if somebody didn't already grab them, which I think a lot of people grabbed him right before game time last year, last week. Can we be honest? Baker only still, I said this in the draft special. It didn't matter which 
quarterback won the job in Carolina. They had three games, and after that, it was going to be a mad, you know, if the other person, Baker sucks, okay? He is not better than Darnold. That is clear because he has Christian McCaffrey and is, I mean, barely eking out one or two wins. As soon as Darnold is better, don't be surprised if people want Darnold to come back in and give it another shot. Jameis Winston, uh, apparently it wasn't his eyesight. He just sucks. Davis Mills. I really had hope for Davis Mills going into this season. I really, really did. And I'm not seeing it. And neither is a poor Brandon Cooks is just suffering because of it. Um, the Bears, I mean, listen, they have ugly wins versus bad teams. I, I don't know what to make of this team except dump everybody on it. Colts. Who knows what you're going to get week to week. Apparently, Michael Pittman, you know, is in or he's out, and their their abilities rely entirely on his presence. Flacco's still that. I warned you. That's another I told you so. Flacco's still Flacco. He had that one great game, just like Wentz is still Wentz. D don't expect too much from this, okay? He came. He wins. Chargers defense, they're just not a unit yet. They got all the pieces. I think they will be, but I, although I love this matchup this week against Houston, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, I think Damian Pierce will still have a good game, but I still, I think they'll get plenty of sacks and get a couple interceptions. I think it'll be a very great game for the Chargers defense this week. I believe the Rams will be the only real challenge to the Eagles in the NFC. I hate to say that as a Cowboys fan. I think we'll be good. I think we'll be in there. I think we'll make the playoffs. But I think the NFC Championship game is going to be the Rams versus the Eagles. Um, and don't be surprised if it's the Jaguars versus the Bills. I think we learned something really important, and that's the Falcons suck less than the Seahawks. So if you're looking for a bird that isn't cooked... And that's about it. So go out there, get those guys, get on the waiver wire, pick up whoever you need. Don't go throwing away guys just to make a change for change's sake. That's I do that all the time. Then then like two weeks later, those guys end up being good. Don't don't do that. You know if they, if they I mean Allen Robinson it, may still want to hold on to him. And again, Romeo Dobbs, go get him too because he's probably on the waiver wire. And this is the week. This is it's time to get him. If he's still available, go out and grab him because he's starting to take on those wide receiver one looks. And I think this is the week when we really see the Dobbs breakout game. All right, that's it for me. I am Greg Romero Wilson. If you want to learn stand-up comedy, go to thecomedyinstitute.com.